Hello, and welcome to the How to Make a Podcast podcast. My name is Casey Ruff from Boundless Body LLC, and I am the host of Boundless Body Radio. Before October of 2020, I was not a podcaster. Now, I have recorded hundreds of episodes featuring incredible guests, created tons of helpful content, and have consistently generated thousands of downloads every month since I began. I'm just a regular dude trying to share a message, and now I'm ready to show you my process, my successes and failures, and everything I've learned along the way to help you start your own podcast. Together, we'll explore the entire process of having a podcasting idea and take it all the way to publishing your first episode and explore all the steps in between. Then, I'll give you all the tools that you will need so you can record as many episodes that you want to release after that. Podcasting is one of the most enriching skills I've ever added to my life, and I've learned a ton by talking with some of my heroes and sharing it with anyone who wants to join us on our journey. So, sit back, grab a notebook, take some notes, and welcome to the How to Make a Podcast podcast. Hello, hello. This is Casey Ruff, and welcome to Episode 7 of Season 2. Today, we are speaking with L. Russ. Elle has hosted Mark Sisson's popular The Primal Kitchen podcast with over 500 episodes and 20 million downloads. Wow, that's slightly more than what we have uh, so far. And also she has hosted the Kick-Ass Life podcast alongside her friend Tara Garrison. Elle has been podcasting for seven years and launched The Elle Rush Show in September of 2021. Elle has been hosted on our primary podcast, so be sure to check out her amazing story on episode 108 of Boundless Body Radio. L. Russ, such a pleasure. Welcome you to the How to Make a Podcast podcast. What's up, Casey? Oh, by the way, just for everyone, it was formerly the Primal Blueprint podcast, and then I left after seven years, and they changed it to Primal Kitchen. But all of those episodes are all available at blog.primalblueprint.com. So there's just lots of great material there over all of the years. Um, and yeah, enjoy. That's... Same with Kick-Ass Live podcast. We did a limited series there. There's about 74 episodes up on YouTube and elsewhere. Um, and then I also years ago did a women's empowerment project and that's a bunch of free interviews and episodes as well on YouTube. I did that with uh, fellow podcaster, Karen Martell. Mm, that's awesome. That's so funny because I have, you know, printed on the intro, the primal blueprint podcast <laughs> and I crossed it out and put kitchen because that's the only thing that comes up now. So that's so funny. I doubted myself. <laughs> right. They basically changed the picture in the name, you know, uh, Kraft Heinz bought primal blueprint a couple of years ago. And then, uh, when I decided to go off on my own, they were like, you know what, we'll just rebrand it to primal kitchen. So yeah, gotcha. I should have trusted myself. Um, so <laughs> let's see, why would we want to talk to you on, on boundless body radio and on the, how to make a podcast podcast? It I have no seem, idea. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't seem like you've done this very much. <laughs> Uh, yeah you know it's been a long time it's been a really fun you know now everyone and their mother has a fucking podcast let's be honest but um you know i and i feel then as a result of that i almost feel like i have to constantly say that to people like hey i've been doing it for seven years you know? <laughs> well so it's interesting one of the questions i like to ask our guests sometimes is what makes you a great podcaster i'm gonna lead with that what do you think makes you a great podcaster i'd like you to answer that question <laughs> no i'm kidding um <laughs> You know, listen, I, someone, someone came to me once and they were like, I don't know. I need like some podcast training. I'm like, there's no such thing. There's no such fucking thing. Look, you either are a curious, interested person or you're not. You either know how to ask questions or you're not. You either know how to have a fucking conversation or you don't. I mean, it, it, it really isn't something that can be taught. 
if you do teach it, then basically the person's just going to take notes, ask very, you know, questions, get the answer, but then it's not much of a conversation. You know, I like to also contribute to some of the interviews I have now. Some of them in the past have been very sort of medicinal, right? You know, you get a guest that's kind of boring and you're like, oh boy, or you throw out a joke and it goes right over their head and you're like, all right, that's not going to be that fun. Or, <laughs> you know, so you, you do, you know, it's, it's obviously guest dependent. I, I've interviewed hundreds of people. So, you know, you're down, you're, you're bound to have a couple of couple bummers in there, maybe in terms of personality, not necessarily what they're presenting. Um, so, you know, I think at, at one of the, the constant feedback tip, like notes that I get all the time from people, uh, no matter what I'm speaking about is I love your no shit BS, no BS approach, you know? So I think, uh, but people have said about that in, in real life, you know, just who I am as a person. So I think people, when they listen to me or they're hearing me interview someone, um, they know they're kind of getting the straight talk. And I think, uh, I ask a lot of great questions, but you know, you know how it is. You're not on every time, you know, <laughs> sometimes you're just not that great, you know, it's a rough day or, or whatever. So I would say that the no BS approach. And I think I ask really good questions and I, I prepare for my interviews and I think I get the most out of the guests. The guests always tell me at the end, wow, that was great. You're really good at this. Mm. So that's always nice to hear. Yeah, I love getting that feedback too. I'm I'm so glad you mentioned that as the best-selling author of Confident as Fuck, you sure as hell better be confident. But but we talked about this on Boundless Body Radio where it, sometimes it can seem like you know, being confident is the opposite of being vulnerable. And that's not necessarily the case. And you are so good at writing that line. It's something that I really appreciate about your style as well. Oh, thanks. You know, that that took a lot of work because part of what I talk about in Confident as Fuck, as you know, is Listen, when you are alpha, female or male, and when you are sort of, you know, a go-getter type A-ish personality, although actually I'm super chill, hang out, homebody a lot of the time. So so I think my personality, people are like, oh, you're so outgoing. You must be out all the time. I'm, I'm actually not. Yeah. So that, that was my biggest uh, hurdle in life, I think, because confident people don't want to appear weak and we see vulnerability as weakness in a way, you know, um, it's showing a fault or it doesn't matter what it is. You just don't want to appear less strong than you are. And you're usually used to being that strong person everyone relies on. So it took me a long time to see it as a major strength, realize that it actually is the ultimate strength and it is the ultimate in being confident as fuck. Because if you can be vulnerable and not give a shit, you know, that's the ultimate in confidence, right? Not caring about what other people think. And we're all human beings. We're all, we all got vulnerabilities and stuff like that. But I would say that if I could you know, lend some advice to the audience would be like, listen, if you have those problems, get on it now. Cause the lack of being vulnerable really effed up my life in a lot of ways there for a while until I really had to just sort of settle into that and be open to it. Mm, that's a great answer. I love that. You mentioned asking interesting questions. How much work goes into you maybe crafting some of your questions in a certain way that's like interesting ahead of time before the interview? Yeah, it depends. So if someone has a book, of course, I will go through it. I will pick out things that I'll want to bring up that I know they might want to bring up, of course, right? Sometimes people do give a list of questions, you know, they'll say, here's a, you know, list of 10 questions or something you can ask me. I don't always go by that, but sometimes there's a few in there that I'll bring up. So it depends if they have a book. If they don't have a book, then I will maybe like listen to their, you know, stuff on Instagram, their lives, or if they have a podcast or listen to other interviews. And because there might be something about their life I didn't know that I could only find out that way. And then I might want to ask them about further. Um, so I do do a lot of preparation. Absolutely. 
Hmm. And and for the listener, if you are thinking about starting a podcast or you have one and you're trying to refine it, oftentimes when you land a guest, they will send you something called like a one sheet, which gives you, you mm-hmm. know, potential topics, what you mentioned, those those questions that you can, uh, you know, things you can ask me. But I would I would warn the podcast host that like if you live on all of those questions, you're going to create a show that has already been created who that's knows right. how many times. How how high of a priority is it for you to make something that's unique and special and different than what has already been created? I mean, I think that that's really the ultimate goal. Now, granted, if someone is promoting a book, there are certain things in that book, they're right? Like they're talking about fasting or, you know, or if it's not health or so there might be specific things, but I, when they give you that one sheet, I try not to stick to it too much because like you said, then you're just going to be getting the same interview and the same questions, you know, that other people have already asked. Yeah, totally. I was horrified when I listened back on one of my early episodes that I did with somebody, you know, quite famous who I was really grateful that we landed on the show. But again, we made a show that he has made hundreds of times. It was not unique or special. I didn't dig in enough mm-hmm. and, and I really regretted it. And I would love to have him back on and, and do a show that's a little bit more, you know, personalized and different than what other people have done. Um, tell us a little bit more about your research process. I know you said you'll read their books or is there anything else you do? Yeah, I was thinking, you know, uh, you know, if you're podcasting out there, think about a question you'd ask that person that may not have anything to do with their work. Like, well, what was your biggest challenge in life? Or, you know, what, 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 what qualities did you once have that you think sucked that you, you know, progressed on? And now you're, you know what I mean? Anything. I mean, that's sort of a mindset kind of question. Um, there has been a couple of times where I've had to call bullshit on a, on a, <laughs> on a guest. It was very rare, but one time I did it, some guy said something just totally factually incorrect. And I was like, yeah, dude, I don't know about that. I'm going to press you on that. Um, rarely is that the case though. For the most part, if I disagree with someone's opinion, who I'm interviewing, I just let it go unless it's going to be good for the conversation. Otherwise I'm not there to have a, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not there to d- debate them. Um, and also as a podcaster, as an interview, you get away with that. You know, I'm not associated with this person. I'm just interviewing with them. If they say something fucked up and crazy, I don't agree with, well, oh, well, that's what they said. I'm just the interviewer. So there's been times where you have to, you know, dial it back a little bit. Maybe I don't always, (laughs) you know. It doesn't happen too often, but it's happened a couple of times. No, that's great. That's great advice. I've struggled with that um, several times where we invite somebody on. They don't necessarily meet our, you know, kind of feeling about things or needs about things. And I just have to remember, like, I'm I'm making this for my guests. Like, this isn't for me. You know, I'm not right. making money on this. This is to honor my guests. And I want them to create something that's really unique and special that they would want to share with their friends, their family, social media, all that kind of thing. Uh, you also mentioned the questions asking something different. I keep a list. I don't always go to it during an episode, but like if it's, you know, 20 minutes before the episode is supposed to be done and I'm kind of running out of materials to talk about, I keep a list of great podcast questions I've stolen from other podcasts. You could ask these questions to anybody and they would be interesting. What are you grateful for? What's a proverbial mountain you're climbing right now? What's something Perfect. you don't want me to ask you? Like to, to collect those and just sit on them, I think is a great idea. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, like for example, I interviewed Bethany Hamilton years ago, the surfer that lost her arm to a shark at 13. She's, you know, famous. And I did ask her at the very beginning, I said, Hey, is there anything you don't want me to bring up or whatever? And she said, Yeah, you know what? Um, 
I don't want to talk about the specifics, the specifics of the shark attack, which clearly like, of course, why would you want to like re-trigger trauma? You know what I mean? And so I just glossed over it with saying something like, Hey, everybody, this happened to Bethany. You can always go look it up on YouTube and find out more about that incident. You know what I mean? And moving on. So sometimes, you know, I will ask people at the beginning, um, and usually I do, I say, Hey, is there anything you want me to ask you? You know, and, and then also, is there anything you don't that's off limits? But then I also say, hey, I have an editor. And if there's anything that's said or someone coughs or you regret something, we can edit it out. You know, I also have had, you know, I've had a couple of podcasts where the, it was bad. And I actually contacted the person and said, you know what? I think we need to redo this. Hate to ask you, but I think we need to redo this because mm-hmm. it needs to be better. Um, so don't be afraid to do that. Now, granted, if you worked so hard and you got some famous person or whatever, yeah, you might let it go. Um, I also have had a couple of interviews that were rough where they were just like, uh, let's see, how do I describe it? I would say that they were not doing a good job of selling themselves, which is the whole point of being on a fucking podcast. And I saw it during it, you know, in, in those moments, I'm trying to energetically like kind of break it up, like, like getting into a better, you know what I mean? Just try to kind of foster some good, you know, maybe I'm extra complimentary. Maybe my voice gets a little higher, but something to sort of like, and it was funny because I did a show like that once and it was like halfway through my efforts then kind of worked and you could see that they, you know, kind of lit up, but sometimes there's episodes that take a lot of editing because of garbage like that. So, um, you know, you don't always get exactly what you think you're going to get, mm. <laughs> what you're going to get. Yeah, true. But it, you brought up so many great points there, like really being in the conversation and being there energetically with your guests and not just relying on like a script. You kind of learn how to dance with that person and help them come up with better answers and maybe a better episode than they could have ever done without that. Yeah. And if you are really listening to what they're saying, there's going to be something that they say. Now, I mean, I'm always looking at it from a devil's advocate point of view. So, you know, I'll think of something that I know the audience is like, okay, well, what about, you know what I mean? And I'll go, okay, hold on a second. Let me ask you a question about that. I can, I can hear an objection from the audience that would say X, you know, that's always great too. asking people to clarify or going back and highlighting something they said, if that was really great and you believe in it and you have something to say on it too. I think um, a lot of people say, oh, you know, I like listening to your podcast because it feels like a conversation between two people and not an interview. I think that's really the goal. Now, there are some people that are just going to, sometimes it's not that way. You know, sometimes people just want me to interview me and like, just let, they want me to ramble on about thyroid or you know, ramble on about confidence. But my favorite interviews when I'm being interviewed is when the podcaster is jumping in, you know, and they're going, yeah, what about that? Or, Hey, I, or, Hey, I got an example there too. Or, you know, they're participating as well. It's a conversation. Mm. You do that so well in your shows. I really appreciate that, especially about your new show. You you ride that balance so well because you're right. Like I, I don't like it when it's just the guest rambling on and on and on. And I also don't like it when I can't tell who the guest or who the host is. Like <laughs> right. in an interview style podcast where the host is talking so much, it's like, dude, mute yourself, you know? Yeah. And on that, by the way, there's another tip. I think when the guest is talking, I will sometimes mute myself because I have found myself jumping in like a normal conversation where you like interrupt the person and you're like, well, let's wait till they finish. So I think that that's a great use of the mute button and same with the phone. You're having a conversation with a friend or telling you about some story. You're ready to jump in with some advice or whatever. Just put that shit on mute, let it finish. Totally. <laughs> then say what you have to say. So I actually think that 
being a podcaster or using the mute button on either your phone or during a podcast is actually a great practice towards being a better listener. Couldn't agree with all of that more. The mute button on my podcasting mixer is going to fall off at some point, and I wish I had one <laughs> for life. And we have talked about that in previous episodes. Like This can teach you how to listen a little bit better. Be present with your people. When you ask somebody a question, don't just sit there and think about the next thing you're going to say. Like Truly right. listen. Truly listen. I think that's a skill that definitely carries over. So you mentioned having um, a conversational style. And again, that carries through with your newest podcast. I think you ride that line perfectly. But a podcast that truly was a conversation style was the Kick-Ass Life podcast that you did with Tara. So can you tell us, you know, where the idea from... for that came from and you know how that came about and if you're going to continue doing that or you're just going to leave it well no we left it where it's at there's 74 episodes um got you know i'm really busy with books and other things the thing is is that i wanted a podcast separate than primal blueprint where i'm talking about really mindset self-improvement stuff and i i contacted tara and i said hey do you want to do this with me she's like this is great she already has her own interview podcast so when we got down to it, I don't want to have three, four podcasts, you know, I mean, I can't have like 1500 shows going on. So, uh, that's when I decided to like leave primal, finally be able to do my own thing because, you know, when you're podcasting for someone else, you know, you can't monetize it. You know, I, you know, been doing it for seven years, uh, and, and again, you know, already making and branding myself, it was time to move on and do my own thing. I also wanted to, exp- I, I was always able to do whatever I wanted on the Primal Blueprint podcast. No one ever told me you can or cannot have a guest or talk about a certain subject. But because it was aligned with the brand that was about health, I focused on health and also some mindset stuff because, you know, mind body. But, you know, let's say I want to interview like I interviewed Brad Thor, very famous 21-time New York Times bestselling author. He was the first guest on my new podcast. That wouldn't have fit in with Primal. You know, that would have been kind of weird to throw that one in there. So, you know, I I now am so glad to have my own show so I can interview other people about a variety of topics. I interviewed Celeste Headley. She wrote a book called Speaking of Race, how to talk about race and, you know, how to do it. Um, and so I, I, I'm expanding, you know, sort of the subject categories. Um but the Kick-Ass Live podcast has 74 episodes. And what I plan on doing, and, and that's just, they're there forever. I plan on doing with my new show is I wanted to come out of the gate and have a lot of great guests. But starting in, you know, the new year, I'll do some shows that are just me talking about stuff, mm-hmm. you know, me talking about topics, doing some Q&As, things like that, and then having guests and things like that. I also plan on having some friends sort of come by and have conversations regularly with me, maybe a few repeat offenders. Um, so, Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So this will be a great segue into something I was going to ask you as well. Choosing your style, the way you want to express yourself, the guests you want to have on, the message you want to send. There's a lot of people that we've interviewed that have said you need your style to be very, very specific. Find the the, the you know honeybee keepers of South America as the group, and that's <laughs> your podcast. Or me and Shauna are going to sit around and drink rosé at two p.m. on Tuesday and talk about our crazy cats. Like, but 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 I kind of have chosen a similar style to what you have where we talk about health and fitness as well, but like, you know, health and fitness could be talking to you about thyroid. It could also be talking to Rob Mack, who you've interviewed about happiness. It could also be about, you know, me driving down 45 minutes to interview my grandparents who are 90 goddamn years old and know probably more about health and fitness than anybody because they're still alive. Like, (laughs) (laughs) right? how, how do you choose whether you want your material to be highly specific or more general, like you're describing? Well, I don't know that you can go more general than just calling it the L Rush show. 
You know, I don't have it. A lot of people have things like, um, you know, like my friend, Dr. Aaron has a podcast called like live your truth with Dr. Aaron, or, you know, my friend Karen has, or even Tara inside out health with Tara Garrison. So people name their podcast, things like that. I decided to just go with El Rush show to keep it completely open. Could I have called it courageously confident or whatever, but then that again, pinch and holes mean to an area that I'm not available for. I want to really interview whoever the hell I want to on whatever subject I want to. Love that. What is your why? Why do you podcast? What are you seeking as a result out of podcasting? Hmm. Well, I mean, look, I kind of fell into it. Uh, but I will say that, well, first of all, I love it. What I love about it is that I'm constantly mentally and intellectually stimulated not only by these conversations, but by the books of the guests or things like that. Right. So I learned so much, you know, um, I also find it to be like lovely camaraderie, especially during the pandemic. I mean, my God, you know, it was like, I was like, my only friends were people I was in, you know, you hiked with one buddy outside. We were all kind of trapped. Uh, so I do love that as well. I, I have, I met a best friend because I interviewed her. I mean, I didn't think in my forties, I'd be able to, like, I'd meet another like true best friend. That's Tanya, Tanya Dyer, um, the art of self-rescue. And oh man, we just, we just hit it off and started having seven hour conversations and just became best friends. And I mean, you know, that's from podcasting. Um, I met Ashley Van Houten through podcasting. She does muscle maven radio, uh, met her through paleo magazine and stuff years ago. And she edited my second book, you know, and, and we're pals. So I have been able to meet so many people. I mean, it's been great networking. Um, it's a reputation builder if you're good at it, of course. Uh, it's it's just a way to connect. And also, I just love, I want to inspire people. You know, I want to, I, I know how much audiobooks and even podcasts have like brightened my day. You know, I listen to my friend's podcast as I'm on a walk. You know, I listen to uh, Manifest It Now with Cassie Parks and Ginny Gain. I listen to Dr. Aaron's podcast, all my other friends. I'll, you know, I'll throw on an episode and go on a walk. And it's like, I got my friend in my ear. You know, these are people that I know, maybe we're not best buds, but um, I know the comfort of podcasting and what it brings to people because I'm also a consumer of it. So, you know, I just want to bring that into people's days and their drives home. You know what I mean? Something to think about, something to be inspired by, or just a really fun conversation like the one with Brad Thor. So if you don't know Brad Thor's books, I mean, he's a New York Times bestselling author of thriller novels, like political, uh, you know, military style thrillers. Very, I mean, he's, he's an amazing writer. Um, and while he's world famous, maybe a lot of our audience wouldn't know who he is, but you don't even have to care about that genre of books to really enjoy that interview and enjoy Brad and go, that's a cool guy. I like him. You know what I mean? Maybe I will read his book, but even if you didn't, you're going to enjoy the conversation anyway. It's not like we're sitting there talking about, you know, uh, the details of his characters in his book the whole time. So even if it's not a subject that you might be interested in, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, love that. What a great answer. I, when when vetting guests, I kind of divide the guests that we have on into like three categories. One is like you're super famous, people know you. Um, it's going to be tough to get you on the show, but you know if I get the right person, you know, great. We got James Nestor. You, you know, and people know you. They know who you are. The second tier is like you know this person wrote a book, not really well known. They're on the come up. Maybe they're pitching us to be on our show. And you know, Rob Mack was kind of that way. Like he just wrote a book. We want to promote him. He does great work. I, I love. Okay. Him on. Oh, he's fantastic. By and the then, way, everyone just check out Rob Mack. Rob Mack is such a wonderful guy. If you can just top, <laughs> type his name in and then interview, just just watch all of the interviews with Rob. If you're feeling down and you're having a rough time in life, that's your guy. 
absolutely could not agree more with that. He was amazing. That was one of my favorite episodes. And then the oh, third the okay. third tier is like kind of the people that you would never hear about. This dude mm-hmm. does a blog in some other state. Three people yes. read it, and it's about parenting and being a good father and showing up in life and discovering Love those that. people. Yeah. So how do you think about those that? Those are some of my favorites. Those are some of my favorites. In fact, uh, I had one recently on my show, Jill Angie. She's uh, Her website is Not Your Average Runner. And here's why she calls herself that. She's big. She's a very large-bodied woman. In fact, you can only imagine how many people look at that with disdain. It's dangerous. What are you doing? You're running. You're not losing any weight. You're still fat, right? Like all that kind of stuff. And she's out there and she's training tons of runners and has running training clinics and has built her whole life around this. And what a random, right? Just something like, okay, who would have thought? I mean, she even said on the podcast, you know, when she, people ask her what she does and she goes, I'm a running coach. They look at her like, ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, oh, because people assume that if you're a runner, you should be thin. So, you know, that's just a great example of some, like similar to what you said, some random. And I find random people all the time and I love them. I think for my new show, I wanted to curate it and get some top names right off the bat. Of course, I'll always continue to do that. But I definitely, listen, you know, <laughs> If you're out there and you want to be on a podcast and you have something to say, go pitch yourself to the podcasters. I can't tell you how many times someone has pitched themselves to me and I've been like, yeah, let's do it. You know, sounds great. I mean, it's not always a yes, but I'm just saying, you know, you, uh, and that's, I think, another, another part of this. If you're a podcaster, you better be a self-promoter or you're never going to ever get guests. Mm. You know, you're, you're never going to succeed. You have to be a self-promoter. You have to go pitch. You have to constantly go look and seek. I think it's the people that are like, oh, I think I should start a podcast. And they're like, I don't know, what should I talk about? You're like, oh God, then don't start a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Yeah. that's. I I mean, I've had that same thing happen with people being like, do you think I'd be a good coach? And I'm like, the fact that you asked me that question means no, not right now. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Um, So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. You, you, we talked about this on Boundless with your books. Like, if you're not compelled to write a book, don't write a book. Yeah, or by the way, just or just shut up and stop talking about writing a fucking book and do something about it. I don't want to hear you talk to write about a book for four years. You know how many people? I live in Hollywood. You know how many people are like, oh, I'm working on a screenplay. How long have you been working on that? Two years. Oh, fuck you. Finish it. Yep. I mean, I, you know, and I'm such a hard ass, but you know, I teach a writing program called Knock It Out, Get It Done because I'm really good at that. And these things don't need to take long. Okay, I can write a. Um, I've literally written. My God, I think the last time I wrote a, I wrote an animated sitcom, uh, animated show for kids, you know, uh, 10 days. Mm. It's done wow. with a friend. Done. Wow. Um, wow. Once you get into the focus and if you have any kind of skill, you can do this stuff quick. It's really, and I think that that's sort of like the crux of my life. Like do it like <laughs> Nike, just do it, man. Um, and, and, and if you're thinking about podcasting and you're worried about what other people think, or you're worried about how many downloads you're going to get, then definitely don't do it. If you're doing it for popularity, that's not the way to go. Um, and if you're constantly checking like your download numbers and you're basing that off of whether you should continue, then you shouldn't be doing it either. You should be doing it for the love of it because it's fun because you love it, you know, and I really do. That's great. I'm so glad you went there. That was going to be another one of my questions. Is there a particular metric that you look at or, you know, value as something that's telling you that your, your podcast is successful and that could be objective or subjective? Well, you know, I just started my new one and I haven't even looked at the numbers yet because, you know, the last one, we, you know, when I started 
taking over for Mark on the Primal Blueprint podcast, we had about 400,000 total downloads at the time. And then we ended up with 20 million. Um, with me hosting most of those episodes, of course, Brad did so many of them too. Brad Kearns, amazing. Love him. Um, so of course we looked at that and you can measure it by that, right? But I think what I measure it by is the response I get from people who then reach out to me and are like, I want you to be my coach, man. You know, like whether it's for thyroid or mindset or writing or whatever it is, you know, it's because they heard me and there was something about that. So if you are a podcaster and you're also a coach or providing some type of service, then this is a great sort of free way to market, to get yourself out there, to get your personality out there. You know, I had a, I had a life coaching client who wanted, she wanted to be a coach and she was specified. I won't say the category, but she had a very niche sort of category she was coaching in, but she didn't know where to start. She's like, how do I get clients? And I'm like, you don't really go out and get clients. But I said, you might want to start by pitching yourself to be on podcasts because someone's going to hear you and they're going to go, I like her. I want her to help me with my problem. And so I told her how to put together a pitch, how to go search which podcast to be on, how to do the whole thing, you know, just like, give me your pitch. Let's get that edited up. And then we're going to blast it out. So she did. And within one week, she had like two interviews on podcasts specific to her topic, and then literally got two coaching clients from that immediately. Wow. I have another friend who I got on another podcast. The podcast was pretty popular. Um, I, I do that sometimes for my friends, you know, or people that I know, I I'm sort of like a amateur PR agent. You know, if I feel like someone's good for someone, I'll go, Oh, Hey, you know, you should, maybe you'd want to interview this person. She got like seven or eight clients from that one episode and made $150,000 in six weeks. Wow. From a wow. goddamn one hour, her talking about her thing. Wow. Now she charges a lot to the point where that's how much she made. I mean, she charges, uh, like, I think at the time it was like, you know, 10,000 over six months or whatever for, you know, I forget exactly how she broke down, how she paid for it, but the total was about $150,000 in about four to six weeks Wow! from, from doing one interview, one interview, Wow! sitting at home on camera, just talking. So if you do have something that you want people to know about a book or whatever, you got to self promote and put yourself out there. Look, Casey, I still do it. I'm sure you do. I still, I'm like, oh, uh, there might be podcasts I don't know about yet. You know, there's so many new podcasts. Let me go do another search and see about mindset podcasts. Who wants to maybe hear about confidence? I'm constantly pitching myself to be interviewed and also constantly pitching for people to come on my show. So it is um, it is a part of that. Now, if you're not a podcaster that is doing anything other than that, you don't have to, but it has to be an element of it if you want to be successful. I mean, because here's the thing, like people, you know, Dave Asprey's uh, Bulletproof Radio podcast, I think it was one of my first big episodes I did in 2016 after the paleothyroid solution came out. To this day, I have people contacting me who came across that episode and now want me to help them and, you know, coach them with thyroid. That, that, that's out there forever, right? So doing a podcast, um, being interviewed on a podcast is the gift that keeps on giving. So thank you, Casey. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And so... This is like the new world of marketing. Get yourself out there. And it's usually because people need to hear you or see you or both or one or the other um, so that they can know about you. You know, I've I've talked to people that are like, oh, I'm thinking about closing my coaching business. Like nothing's happened for two years. I'm like, have you really actually done the effort though? What have you done to put yourself out there? Because there's really, other than social media and doing lives and all that kind of stuff, that's great. Yes, definitely do that if you're unknown. But also 
you've got to get another podcast, right? You've got to get another platform is where you don't know their audience. That audience doesn't know you. It's a whole new set of people. Um, it's the best free way to market. It's just your time. Yes. Right. Yes. Effort. effort like right now, effort. it's just my time. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But here's the thing. Maybe there's someone listening. Maybe maybe everything. Everyone just listening gets whatever we got. And there's an interesting episode about podcasting. But maybe there's someone listening that's suffering with hypothyroidism. That's like, wait, who's this chick? And then goes and looks me up. Well, then my God, isn't it great we did this episode? Yeah. Do you know what yep. I mean? Because what I have realized over all these years is all the lives I have helped save. And I'm not giving me that credit. These people actually, you know did work themselves, had doctors to help them too. But with my guidance or coaching these people, that's the benefit, right? Is that like, I'm actually able to get out there and change people's lives, help people get healthier, better, more confident, whatever it is. And if I didn't do any of this, who would know? Mm. Yeah. I and when you that. publish yeah. a book nowadays, no publishing company is going to do the marketing for you. They don't do jack. They don't do jack. You, the, the hardest part of Publishing a book is not the writing of it. It is the aftermath of promoting it. And you have to be a self-promoter or no one's going to buy your book. Wow. Yeah, I love that. I think when people are thinking about what they want to do with their life and the things they want to use with their time, I think they're asking generally the wrong question where more people should be asking a question like, what am I willing to suffer for? What am I willing to make a lot of mistakes for and put in 10,000 hours for? What am I willing to struggle right. through? You know, it, it's the war of art kind of shit. Like, what am I willing to sit down at my desk every single day at 9 a.m. and do whether I want to do it or not? I'm going to be a fucking pro and do this. And this requires making a lot of mistakes and a lot of suffering and a lot of editing and a lot of shit that you don't want to do. But in the end, like none of it's out there if you don't do it, if you don't start. And I also really truly believe in failing early. If this isn't for you, don't try to push oh. through it. Quit. Totally. Throw it totally. away. Go do something different. Yeah. Wow. I love yeah, that. Yeah. You know what? No, no shame in giving up. You know, sometimes look, uh, well, we call it pivoting. If you want to be different, <laughs> um, I can't look one of the toughest things in life to be a life coach for are the people that are too attached to a story that they told everyone in their lives of something they were going to be. And now they realize they don't like it and they're in it. And they're too embarrassed, ashamed or whatever to change course. They're just stuck in, you know what I'm talking about? Totally. And sometimes you have to just let go. It doesn't mean that that thing failed. It means something else is coming along the way. So, you know, look, I wrote sketch comedy and did improv for years. Am I getting paid for that? No, but it helped me in everything that I do now. Then it also led to me being a writer that led to me getting another thing, then led to this, then led to Mark, then led to books. I mean, you keep going. If you don't pivot and go in the direction, even if the direction is away from your original goal, go there if it feels right. That's what I did with all of the things that I do. I never would have thought I'd be a book author. Never, never had the intention. I'm a comedy writer, but like that's my jam. So I never thought I'd be in this field, but here I am because I was passionate. I was compelled at the time. And I went there. I didn't go, but I'm not a health thyroid author. I'm a comedian. I'm an improviser. I go, no, well, this is what I'm doing now. I love these said fail early. You know, Mark Sisson, my mentor of 10 years, of course, the one who started the Primal Blueprint podcast has failed a million times, but, you know, recently sold his company to Kraft Heinz for over $200 million. But the guy, I mean, he's had so many businesses as an entrepreneur, you're going to fail. I agree. Fail early, do it. And there's no shame in it. You tried, at least you tried. Um, one uh, Years and years ago, I so badly what my, my cousin is sort of like a famous stand-up paddler in Hawaii and she does all of these like inter-island, you know, stand-up paddle races. Wow. And I was like, well, I was like, oh, years and years ago, I was like, oh, I'm going to totally do this. I'm going to get sponsored. I'm, I'm about, like, I've been paddling since I was seven. I'm going to totally do these things. 
So I entered a race and uh, about <laughs> 10 paddle like strokes into it I was like this fucking sucks I never (laughs) I never I was sitting there in Malibu going I'm rushing to get from A to B I just want to enjoy this paddle and I can't because I'm just struggling to like win a thing but I am so glad I did it because now I fucking know I don't want to do it and I'm not still sitting here today going you know maybe one day I'll do that thing and I'll because I still would have had the desire so you have to try it even though you try it you go oh no never Never that's, again. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I quit golf this year because I realized I I fucking hated it. <laughs> Brad Kearns, <laughs> Brad, Brad Kearns loves golf and loves it to the extent that he's sprinting down a golf course. So great, like go do that. Yeah. I'm not going to waste my time doing that. I'm going to do something. Wait, different. let me ask you about that. Why were you playing golf before? Just because it was something to do with your buddies? You just got into that thing of the whole like we're going to go play golf, and then you just realized what am I doing? Like what? How yeah, did that? It's my dad's thing. It's always been my dad's thing, and I did it because he did it, and it was a great way to spend time with him. And I realized that I am spending, you know, eight hours on a summer day spending time with my dad when we can just like maybe go on a walk or do, you know, do a phone call or something. I, I just, yeah, it was never for me. I never liked it. So I had to tell him like, look, man, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm going to quit. Let's play one last time. Let's make it real special. And that's going to be it. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> Way to go. Nice. Well, you know, what? it's great that you recognize that. Like, I think everybody should learn from that. If there's something you're doing and you're just like, you know, what? I don't really like this. Exactly. Quit, quit early. What is something that you used to think was really important with your podcasting that you no longer think is that important? Mm. Um, I don't know. What's one for you? Maybe that'll generate an idea in my head, but I don't know. Well, so I do all of my own editing. And so, you know, editing out every single um was something I thought was really important when really I just need to practice not saying um 60 million goddamn times an hour, you know, Um, that changed for me. Yeah. Um, I used to also handwrite all my intros. I wanted to make them really special and unique and I still do. And I still want to do that, but I I learned that you can use the intro for the notes really easily and just make a few edits and link a few things. And that saved a ton of time. Um, those are two things I would say. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Uh, well, okay. So here's the thing, what I used to do, or here's what I think is a valuable thing to do. I haven't always done this. So for example, if someone really well-known or famous, you know, that I'm interviewing, I will pre-record the intro. I'm not going to waste my time sitting there with them. I might screw up. Then I have to start over. That's happened a couple times, right? And then you feel stupid because you're like, oh, sorry, I got to do that again. And they're sitting there waiting and you're like, oh my God, what are we doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? So I've pre-recorded my intros, uh, mostly for the new, new show. Um, I agree with you about the editing thing. I don't think it all needs to be perfect. It's really just people want to hear the information. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's a, that's a good one you mentioned. I also think a good thing is I plan ahead. I'm never stressed out about guests because my shit is already recorded and locked up and banked for at least a couple of months. Um, and I think that that's great because then I'm not stressing. And then it's wonderful. Like, for example, oh, the other thing I used to do is so I used to do like the graphics and upload everything for the Primal Blueprint podcast. And I decided on my new show, not not available for it. I pay someone to do it. Nice. Yeah, even better. It's so you great know? to outsource some of those things that you don't like to do to people who are more than willing to do them and who are good at them. That's great. So tell us uh, right. tell us one more time about your show, um, you know, things they can expect in the future, where that's going to progress in time. Yeah, so lrussshow.com. You can also just go to my regular website, lrus.com. It's on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, everywhere. And um, I... 
released two episodes a week for the first month that I launched it just to get some extra ones out there. I've had amazing guests. So check out who's already come on. Um, coming up on the show in the new year, I'll have Tom Bill. You, he's one of my faves. Wow. Same with his wife, Lisa Bill. You I'll certainly have Mark Sisson back, uh, or, or on my show, of course, and I'm sure Brad and stuff, but I'm staying away a little bit from too much health. I'll have a few health people on, but you know what I mean? Uh, and yeah, just some great guests coming up. I mean, Peggy McCall, I've interviewed twice. Her second interview is coming up. Uh, Melanie Ann Lair was last week and she's really inspiring. She took her first coaching call in the front seat of the Honda Civic she was living out of. Okay. And now she makes 33000 a month coaching privately. So uh, she's really inspiring. So I have a lot of inspiring people on, a lot of really great authors. Uh, Kristen Neff is coming up. She's a really well-known author. She wrote a book called Fierce Self-Compassion. So, you know, talking about a lot of different subjects, I may have a couple of legal experts on to talk about some interesting legal issues, not, cool. not to get into political, not to get into divisive political shit. I don't, I'm not going to, I'm not planning on that. You know what I mean? But uh yeah, just some really fascinating stuff. And then again, I, like I said, I'll do some solo episodes where I'm talking about, you know, stuff from my work, things that come out of coaching or things that come out for my day, probably expanding on even some of my Instagram posts, things like that, you know, little topics you throw out there. Um, and yeah, so everybody check it out. There's some great episodes up already, like as in, you know, Rob Mack, uh, is already up there as well. And that was a great one. Daryl Edwards. Daryl Edwards has been on our show as well. He's super inspiring uh, to talk to and learn his yeah. story. Fitness yeah. Explorer. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's he's awesome. great. It's awesome. Well, we will be sure to link your show in the notes, the L Rush show. L, it is always a, just such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for taking the time to do that. This episode is full, full, full of tips and tricks and lots of things that people can be thinking about. I don't know how I'm going to find, determine like one soundbite to use for social media because there's so <laughs> many great ones. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for coming on our show and sharing your wisdom and knowledge with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the How to Make a Podcast podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a rating and review on Apple. Also, be sure to check out the show that made all of this possible, Boundless Body Radio, where we provide tons of helpful and informative content, feature incredible guests, and talk all about health and wellness. Cheers, and thank you for joining us on the How to Make a Podcast podcast.